Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central. Y'all already know it's the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet, universe, don't matter where, don't matter when. It's all right here. I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode 15. Got a bit of a Giants Commanders Week 7 preview, as well as an injury update on Daniel Jones. Ain't looking good right now. Hit it, Sammy. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Giants Central. Incomplete! And the ball game's over! And the Giants have won Super Bowl 46! The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, y'all, the NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet just 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets and baby DraftKings ain't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweeter offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness, y'all. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 6sports. New customers can score, you know, just $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet only 5 on the NFL. No big deal. That's code 6sports, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. If you're in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope and why. With that out of the way, going to be talking Giants Commanders week seven. Going to be talking about the offense first. And uh, Commanders defense is kind of a stinky, stinky poo-poo, if I'm going to be honest here. Ladies and gentlemen, they rank fourth in passing yards allowed, third in touchdowns. And a big product of that is first-round rookie Emmanuel Forbes has not had a good start to the season, which is not a good look for me because I thought he'd be really good. And as someone I kind of wanted... The Giants to take with the, I think they had the 25th pick. And obviously Forbes went a lot higher than people thought he would. Because I saw some people having him around in the Giants range. I saw some people having him in the second round. Ended up going really high to the Commanders. Has not panned out so far. He's allowed 20 receptions on 27 targets for 401 yards. Two touchdowns, one interception. And honestly, looking at his tape, uh, I think it was Mississippi State. I'm not the most surprised by this. Like his his style of play is almost never going to translate for a rookie, like a interception-seeking small corner. He'll probably end up being a fine player, but he's going to have the struggles as a rookie. Most rookie corners kind of do. Uh, the rest of their secondary isn't very good either, and if they are good players, they've been really disappointing. I know Kendall Fuller has had like a good season statistically, but has allowed like three or four touchdowns. Cameron Curl is still one of the better safeties in the NFL, but outside of those two, it's just not looking good. And the Giants have to take advantage of this, plain and simple offensively. We know they've had struggles offensively all season long, but this is a one game they have to take advantage of the other team's disadvantages. And by that, I mean get a big body on Emmanuel Forbes. And I'd say Hodgins, Darius Slayton, for God's sake, Paris Campbell. Like, take advantage of that. He's a rookie corner who is not playing well. Is playing, I'm going to be honest here, terribly. Those numbers I listed off are really, really bad. Take advantage of that. Throw the ball downfield. I'm going to get into it, but it's looking like Tyrod Taylor is going to play this week. And if that's the case, we know that he's not shy of throwing the deep ball every now and then. Something that we know Daniel Jones is shy of doing. And speaking of which, might as well just get into it now. Giants probably aren't going to have Daniel Jones this week. He was a limited practice on at 
limited at practice on Wednesday and Thursday. I'm pretty sure those days are both non-contact. He's only listed as questionable, though, which wouldn't, like, he's probably not going to play because regardless of if he's healthy, Giants might just want to hold him out. Just, you know, you don't want to risk anything with a neck injury. Like, no, duh. If that's the case, Tyrod time again. And I'm I'm excited. I was excited going into last week against the Bills, and he proved my excitement to be correct because he played very well, took some deep shots we haven't seen before. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do against a not good commander's defense, like straight up. Which brings me to my next point here, and this is going to be a little controversial. If the Giants win this game against the Commanders, they keep looking better on offense. The Giants' offense wasn't good last week, but it was better. The Giants' offense looked better under Tyrod Taylor. Like, There's no way around that. It almost feels like they have to question if Tyrod should continue to start. I know Brian Dable said after the game that there's no quarterback controversy, but with the way this season's going... How can you look at the Giants almost, they almost beat the Bills. You can argue that they should have with the penalties, a mistake at the half, whatever. And now if they come out and beat the Commanders and have a good offensive game, it's not looking good for Daniel Jones. Like just keeping it a a stack 50 here, as the kids my age would put it. You know, like it's tough to say. Because trusting the the you know backup quarterback doesn't have like the best track record, but at the same time, Tyrod's proven he can be a starter. It, it's it's been a while since he's been a consistent starter, but still, I don't know. You know, let me know in the comments down below. We'll have to see how things pan out on Sunday. Maybe I'll be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. Um, something a little bit of a key for the Giants' offense here going into this week. Wando Robinson, keep feeding that dude the ball. The most dynamic weapon on offense outside of Saquon Barkley has easily been the Giants' best receiver this year. Great hands, incredible in the open field. Get him the ball. He had his probably, I wouldn't say the best game of his career, definitely best game of the season against the Bills. Was, again, best receiver on the Giants by far. Second-round pick last year out of, I don't remember what college he went to. I think it was like maybe like Kentucky or something, like a not-crazy school. A lot of people gave Joe uh, Joe Shane some flack because they wanted uh, George Pickens, and Pickens has been great, but if Wandell can keep playing like this, and at the end of the day, who gives a damn? <sighs> Y'all already know that I was going to talk about this. It's it's my it's my thing, you know? The offensive line. It, this is pretty bad, man. <laughs> oh, my. So many injuries. So we have... Evan Neal, listed as questionable. Joshi Zudu put on IR after the Bills game, probably done for the season. Shane Lemieux tore his bicep at practice the other day, done for the season. Matt Pert is not playing in this game. Mark Lewinsky has also been limited. That's five players. But hey, Justin Pugh got signed to the the active roster, and that's that's pretty cool. I'm excited for him. You know, he had the whole uh, straight-off-the-couch moment during his player uh, intro against the Bills. Struggled at first when he got moved to left tackle, but right after that, it was it was smooth sailing for him. Very excited to see how he uh, plays for the rest of the season. Uh, guy, one of my personal favorite Giants in my in recent memory. I mean, I'm only 20 years old, but just a consistently solid guard throughout his entire career, dealing with the ACL tear, which is not a good injury, but it's very he very clearly showed against the Bills that it's not affecting him that much. But overall. It's going to be interesting to see how this offensive line pans out. I have no idea what kind of combination they're going to run, like not in the slightest. 
I, like I can't even try to formulate one because there, there are so many injuries, especially if Evan Neal and Mark Lewinsky aren't good to go. Like at that point, what the fuck are you going to do? Because like, I know, I think they signed Jalen Mayfield to the active roster, which I don't like. He's not good. He was, he had a, like a PFF pass blocking grade of zero in the only game he's played this year. They signed like two other guys. They brought Tyree Phillips back who I unfortunately fully expect to start. If Evan Neal isn't good to go, Tyree Phillips is a very solid backup guard for the giants. Last couple of years, they cut him for some reason at the end of the preseason Eagles picked him up. He's been on the practice squad. Giants stole him back. I just, I I don't even know. Like this is going to be, this could be a shit show because the commander's, uh, pass rush isn't as good as the Bills. And keep in mind, the Giants did a good job at containing the Bills' pass rushers, but they're still very good. They rank eight. They rank eighth in sacks, tenth in pressures. They have a whole lot of names we already know: Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young. If he's healthy, which you never know with him, those four right there are four very good, like if not Pro Bowl, borderline Pro Bowl. Like Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are Pro Bowl. You argue all you could argue all pro. Montez Sweat, very good player. Chase Young, when healthy, very good player. Against what is probably going to be a offensive line that consists of practice squad players. That's scary. But again, we saw last week Giants had a practice squad offensive line against the best pass rush in the NFL, and they weren't that insane. Like the Bills didn't. I, I think they had like three or four sacks, but hey, man, compared to when the Giants played the Seahawks and gave up 11 sacks, that's not bad. Uh, overall, the run defense for the Commanders ranks eighth in yards allowed, 18th in touchdown, 70 yards per carry. We know what Saquon's capable of. He usually plays pretty well against the Commanders, which shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Had a bit of a slow first half uh, against the Bills last week, but had so many explosive runs in the second half. But again, behind this crap heap of an offensive line, I, I it's hard to judge what he's going to be able to do because he can be as shifty as he wants. He can do whatever. If you are getting tackled in the backfield because your guard is doing the hokey pokey every snap, then what are you going to do? I, I expect this to be a, a better game, but not a great game from the offense. I expect to hopefully they can score a touchdown. I don't think the Giants have scored a touchdown in two or three weeks, which is fucking pathetic but hey man we almost beat the bills <laughs> onto the defense i'm not i don't want to depress myself talking about this offense defense look in just nothing short of incredible against the bills held them scoreless in the first half and only gave up 14 the entire game commander's offense is significantly worse and the giants again like with the offense have to take advantage of it but unlike the offense the Giants' injury report for the defense is pretty clean. Only one player is questionable, and that's Adore Jackson, who was limited on Thursday. I wasn't able to get a full look at the uh, injury report for today, so I'm unsure if he you know, is going to be good to go. Commander's uh, offense ranks 15th in passing yards, 11th in passing touchdowns, and 9th in interceptions thrown. And to me, from watching the couple of games I've watched from the Commander, some film from the Giants, the best way to hold down their pass attack, put pressure on Sam Howell. The Giants don't have like a crazy pass rush, which they should with how much they've invested, but whatever. Put pressure on him. Blitz the hell out of him because he's been good. He's been solid this season. Sam Howell's been fine, but he's had some very bad moments. And the Giants need to make some very bad moments happen. And with we all know with these young quarterbacks, the best way to make that happen is to get in their face. Get Dexter Lawrence on an island with someone. I mean, I can't really get on an island on the inside, but feed 
Dexter Lawrence. I'm really like he hasn't been disappointing necessarily, but he hasn't been as good as last year, at least in terms of his sack numbers. But he's he's still getting a lot of pressures, which is fine. He needs to he needs to eat because the uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. If there's an if there's an offensive line in the NFL that's worse than the Giants. It's the commanders. They've given up 75 pressures and 34 sacks. That is fucking incredible to, to, because again, like on paper, that's not a terrible offensive line. Charles Leno is very solid. I'm a big Sam Cosby guy. And then they have some other guys filling in Nick Gates, giants legend, Nick Gates, who I was very sad to see go has not looked that great this year, unfortunately, but again, on paper, not a bad offensive line. And they've been really, really bad. I just Dexter, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau. These three, the first two are making a lot of money. Dexter or Kayvon Thibodeau is a top five pick. They need to play like it. Leonard Williams is a cap hit of 30 mil. Dexter Lawrence signed a contract to make him one of the highest paid players at his position ever. And Kayvon Thibodeau gets a top five pick. They haven't been playing like that this season. They have not been bad. They have not been anywhere close to bad, but they have not been again, playing to their expectations. I fully expect uh, Wink Martindale to blitz a ton. He already, We already know he does that a lot, but I expect more of it against the commanders. We know Micah McFadden can do some damage in the blitz, so I expect him to take advantage of it. Just get Sam Howell's shit in his pants, man. They, like, I don't want to lose to Sam Howell at the end of the day. I know I said it against uh, with uh, Josh Dobbs against the Cardinals in week two, and I almost regretted it because that dude was looking like a prime Cam Newton, but... Sam Howes and Josh Hobbs, like, I, I don't I don't know, man. Something I really want to see this game, and I said it last week, I want to see Deontay Banks continue to cover the opposing team's best wide receiver, and this week that's going to be Terry McLaurin. Wink Marindale didn't really have uh, Deontay Banks on Stephon Diggs that much last week, which I really didn't get, and was something I was talking about during the game, because Adore Jackson's a fine corner, but he was kind of getting cooked by Diggs, and then whenever... Uh, Deontay was on him. Didn't really do much. Deontay Banks has very easily been the Giants' best corner, so I don't really get why there's this hesitance to treat him as such and to give him these challenging matchups. He's allowed only 13 receptions on 25 targets for 120 yards and two touchdowns, which is fine. I know I'd say that's pretty good for a rookie. The two touchdowns isn't it's whatever, but it could be worse. Like with Emmanuel Forbes, who's given up 400 yards on like it just. It could be worse. <laughs> Deontay Banks has been incredible, and I'm very glad to say that I was wrong about Emmanuel Forbes. Um, I mean, overall, though, even outside of Deontay Banks, the Giants secondary has been playing pretty well because a lot of people coming into the season, including myself, thought they had holes, whether it be at safety, whether it be the that CB3 spot, because no one knew if it was going to be Darnay Holmes, Cordell Flott, if Aaron, whenever Aaron Robinson gets healthy, for those of you who remember that guy, I mean... Adore and Xavier McKinney have both been playing solid. Xavier McKinney has honestly been great. I'm going to get into him after this little section here. But even the young guys, Cordell Flott was for some reason not really playing at the beginning of the year. And now whenever he plays, he's doing great. I think he allowed like a fair amount of receptions against the Bills, but it was for like no yardage, which is fine. You can allow catches, just don't give up the yards. Like at the end of the day, it's just also shout out Jason Pinnock who we stole from the Jets, I believe a UDFA, has been very solid filling in for Julian Love, who I, Julian Love I talked about against the Seahawks. He has not been very good this year, which I'm going to be honest, 
isn't the most surprising thing to see. I feel like Julian Love was a very big product of the Giants' uh, defensive system. A very good run-stopping safety, but not a very good coverage guy. And when you put him in that Seahawks system where he's probably expected to be more of a coverage guy, because we all know Jamal Adams ain't covering shit, um, he's kind of going to get exposed, and that's what's happened. I, I know for a fact when the Giants were going up against the Seahawks, he was like first in yards allowed for safeties and all that. And it's kind of unfortunate because I really did like Julian Love. Great captain, great team guy, but he stinks. But on to a really good safety here, Xavier McKinney, who I've been saying it really since the Giants drafted him. He's one of the most underrated safeties in the NFL. He's had some questionable quotes, which has made people question his leadership and for some reason want to trade him. But overall, he's been playing very well this season. He has 33 tackles, only missing three, which for a safety with how often you're going downhill is pretty impressive, while only allowing nine receptions on 16 targets for 89 yards, zero touchdowns. He's like consistently been one of the better solid, but better coverage safeties in the NFL. Teams just don't want to throw to him because they saw what happened when you do throw to him in his second season or wherever, where he had five interceptions. Like teams know not to throw him. And when he was out last season with the broken hand from the, or whatever, from the ATV incident, there was a notable difference in the Giants defense teams were taking more deep shots. They were killing them more in the middle of the field. And then he came back. It wasn't happening anymore. He's a very important part of this defense, which is why I was saying a couple weeks ago, I don't want to trade him. The Giants can become sellers. Get rid of Leonard Williams. Get rid of Adore Jackson, whoever. Keep Xavier McKinney. He's good enough to where it's not worth resetting that position just to not pay him. He will be worth whatever contract. I mean, I'd assume, say he signs like a market value contract, like what he should be earning, maybe a little more. He will be worth that because he's still young. He's still developing. He's continuously gotten better. And I just, I don't think it's worth resetting. Speaking of guys who have gotten better, Bobby Okereke and Micah McFadden have surprisingly enough looked like a top tier linebacker duo in the NFL, which is just incredible. I, if you read any of my GMN HQ work, you know that I was just, I hated the Giants linebacker situation last season. It, every season, every season, really, since like 2013, the Giants have failed to put out like even NFL level linebackers like I'm so tired I was so tired of having to watch Tay Crowder and Jalen Smith for years at a time and now they have Bobby Okereke who came from the Colts a tackling machine who has now been kind of meshing and formulating a better all-around game Micah McFadden who had a terrible rookie season I was not happy to see that he was going to be the Giants starting linebacker proving me wrong because he's looked nothing short of good He's had some questionable moments, but overall, for a fifth-round rookie out of, I'm not going to try and guess what college he went to at the top of my head right now, he's looked very good. Questionable in coverage, no doubt, but as a run stopper and what the Giants need him to do, he's been good. Bobby Okereke has been the one picking it up in coverage, and I'm going to get into that. Here are basically just his stats on this season. 54 tackles, 5 tackles for loss, which is pretty ridiculous because I think the Giants leading guy in tackles for loss last season was Dexter Lawrence with like seven, two forced fumbles and interception, three pass breaks up. Two of them were intercepted and in coverage. He's had his best season yet. 85.9 PFF coverage grade while also allowing just nine receptions on 16 targets for 127 yards and no touchdowns. He's been nothing short of fantastic. It was a little slow to start the season, definitely feeling out the system and the guys around him, but really the last like four or five weeks, like after week one and two, he's been great. He was a huge, 
factor and the Giants even being close against the Bills, forcing two turnovers, kept the Giants single-handedly kept the Giants in the game against the Dolphins. The offense just, you know, didn't do anything as we all know. And I like I just I'm so glad to say that the Giants finally have like a top tier level of linebacker because that's a position I love watching. I love looking over, watching film on. Like whenever I do my yearly draft stuff, I always like linebackers are my top position I look at. And it's nice to see the final the Giants finally get a good player there. Maybe we'll do that with the offensive line sometime, but I'm getting too far ahead of myself here. Uh for the commanders rushing defense, they rank 24th in yards, 15th in touchdowns, 12th in yards per carry. It's not bad. It's not er, it's kind of bad. The touchdowns and yards per carry isn't bad, but 24th in yards isn't exciting. Brian Robinson, meh. Antonio Gibson, meh. Like, those aren't two guys I'm worried about, especially with the way the Giants run defenses look the last couple of weeks. Overall, this is the weakest offense the Giants have played since week two. The defense has to take advantage of this. But then again, I'm not worried about the defense. I'm not. I have no concerns about the defense going into this week. I'm worried about the offense because they've been a problem. They've been the reason that we have not been, the Giants have not been winning games. And again, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect because like, I want to say that the Giants should like blow a team like the commanders out of the water. But I also said that about like the, the Cardinals and it took a 28 point comeback to beat that team. Ugh, this season has been just a shit show. But the way the Giants have played against the Bills last week, they could very easily turn it around against the commanders this week with a win. You come close to beating one of the best teams in the NFL. Then you come out and stomp a divisional rival. That's going to give you a lot of confidence, a lot of momentum heading into next week's game against the jets, the jets coming off a game in which shout out my dad for telling me this, that the jets beat the Eagles last week. And it was the first time that they've ever beaten Philadelphia in their franchise history. <laughs> like They've only played 12 times and like, the Jets are kind of historically not a very good team, but that's really crazy to think about because those two teams have been around for a while now. And for the Jets to finally get their first win in franchise history, round of applause. I I, I applaud the, the Jets for that. Uh, hopefully Tyrod Taylor continues to play well, because honestly, regardless of your thoughts on Tyrod or if you want Tyrod, you want Daniel Jones, whatever, the Giants need the best quarterback to step up and win games. Neither of them have done that. Tyrod's only started one game, but he didn't win. He had an opportunity to win, simply did not. Made a mistake that kind of cost the Giants a game. Daniel Jones has made mistakes that cost the Giants a game this year too. So regardless of who you like, regardless of who you want, both of them need to step up. Offensive line is going to be honestly interesting to see. Like I'm not overly dreadful just because they looked good last week. And I'm excited for someone like Justin Pugh to keep stepping up on whether, honestly, whether or not the Giants are going to run him at guard. Because they were running him at tackle last week after Josh Izudu went out. And he gave up two sacks almost right away. But after that, he looked incredible for the rest of the game. He just kind of needed to adjust because he hasn't played left tackle for a very, very long time. And he, again, he's just getting used to the position. Look good. But where should he play now? Do you keep him at left tackle? Do you move him back to guard where he's probably going to play even better? I don't know. I honestly feel like a lot of it depends on Evan Neal. If Evan Neal's out, I'd honestly, oh God, oh, this is, the more I think about it, the more I'm regretting saying I'm not feeling dread because like this could be bad. Evan Neal's questionable. I know not everyone's a fan of him, but like, I feel like it could be worse than Evan Neal, especially he looked pretty good last week, especially in the run. Evan Neal made some really nice plays in the run. I was watching the film 
looked fine in in the past not great but like he wasn't a a, a draft uh, word i'm thinking of here he wasn't awful he wasn't dog shit in pass protection that's how that's how i'll word that we only use fancy words here on this podcast but hopefully the giants defense plays uh like they did last week against the bills and honestly if they can do that i fully expect to win like if the giants defense can hold the bills to 14 points in the entire game zero points in the half What's stopping them from beating the commanders in all reality, aside from their offense? We all know about the offense and their problems. That being said, going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for watching. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe, of course. Follow us on Twitter at SickPodGiants. My name is Desmond Novak, and I'll see y'all later. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.